Foodies Rock with Leslie Chesterman on Show 97.7. An expert's guide for what to put in your mouth and where to do it. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Terry. You, you enjoy that? Uh, Try to th- sound chipper. Trying yeah. to sound chipper. Trying to sound chipper. Top of the morning to you. Yes. yes. I, uh, yesterday I uh, posted and I sent an article to uh, Leslie by a guy named probably Jeff Gordon Year. Um, here yeah. it would be Gordon Yeh, but uh, down in the States is Gordon Year. Uh, wonder, just a wonderful article on, on uh, a wonderful and a sad uh, article on restaurants. Um, In it, he said uh, many things, including this, quote, What we remember about a meal at a restaurant is rarely the food. We remember the conversations with the people, the flirtations, the arguments, the connections made, the friendships renewed, the ideas hatched, the sorrows relieved. I live north of the city now, but when I drive in and walk around, it comes as a shock to see how many of those memory cues have left us all at once, unquote from the article. He's a New Yorker, obviously, and it was about what's happening to restaurants. Did you enjoy the article? Well, yes, and I highlighted the exact same paragraph you did to read on air. So I'm Oh, like, sorry. <laughs> it's not, absolutely not. But it's, uh, I, I really enjoyed the article, but uh, I, it, it was extremely sad. And there's a part here where they say that, uh, according to statistics, something really half of New York restaurants are going to close. Yesterday, I did a Zoom event for uh, here at the University Club of Montreal with four of the city's top chefs. And, you know, it was the first time I listened to four chefs who were like, downtrodden not saying we're going to pull out of this we have a great new idea now they're like we've gone through our ideas we're sick of going through the ideas we're really having a hard time the second lockdown and i i feel there's a whole new wave of grimness with this new lockdown right and that's why i tried to start off the the uh, our segment today being a little more uh, up because they sounded so down and i'm thinking oh my god although they all had to say that they finally got to know who their kids were during this lockdown time and that they, um, you know, they they were kind of rolling with the punches. And they also realized that a lot of other people, of course, during this time, I mean, just when I see what's going on with anybody who's in the arts, you know, theaters or all these dancers locked into their homes dancing in their living rooms, you know, um, it's a lot of things going on for a lot of people. But, you know, it's funny because... Uh, there's a side of me that's a little uh, jaded by all this because having been a restaurant critic for 20 years and reporting on so many great restaurants over the years that closed. And I remember at the beginning, I remember one time I was extremely heartbreaking, broken because there was a restaurant called Cube. And the great restaurant Cube, uh, the, the chef's name uh, is Claude, was Claude Pelche. And I was talking to another restaurant critic friend. And I said, you know, I'm just so upset about this. This was such a great restaurant. And he said, Leslie... They will close or they will. They didn't end up closing. Another chef went in, but he said they will go on and they'll open something even better. And they did the Club Chassepeche. Hmm. Um, this one feels very different, of course, because yeah. so many restaurants could close. And when we talk about New York City, well, New York City has one advantage over us right now is that they've reopened their dining rooms, but only something like 14 percent capacity. They were or it's really they're down to the, or they can only make 14 percent profits or there's a 14 in there somewhere. But doesn't even really matter because it's not enough to get by. Apparently, in the article, uh, the uh, Gordon says uh, a lot of restaurateurs came to the stark realization that there's no way out no matter how much you try to innovate. There's no way to catch up with rent, no way to pay for ingredients, no way to compensate employees. In other words, with the, the new rules and the, you know, the, the new regulations, 
even in New York where they can still stay open, uh, it's 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 hard to figure out how to move forward. And and that that's frightening to me uh, about a lot of restaurants. You know, I heard somebody wantonly and flippantly say, ah, oh, restaurants come and go. But I think this is different here, don't you? Well, absolutely, because... You know, growing up in Montreal, I once wrote an article about all the restaurants that had massive memories for me as a kid. You know, I remember yeah. every time when I was young, when I walked past, let's say, Leal, I got a little, sh- you know, shimmer of excitement, like what's going on behind those doors? Yeah. Or, you know, there are so many, like the first Toque, which was on Saint Denis Street, which now I walk by and it's covered in graffiti. I think of all the memories, you know, I'm. I'll never forget how many times I ate in that restaurant was just blown away or the original Normal Prix restaurant Citrix, which is now a Burger de Ville. Like that was the restaurant that changed uh, Quebec dining. And so I, you know, I, I do go around the city and I think and and then I get to like San Denis Street in the state it's in these days. Oh and God. I actually look at Arthur Quentin, which was this great shop with, uh, you know, homeware stuff. And it didn't close because of COVID. It closed because of other reasons. And some people could say, well, you know, they didn't keep up with the online uh, stuff. Uh, and Right. So everybody always has a theory about why places close. But I sit there and I say, wow, that is sorely missed. And then I look across the street to the Jewel in the Crown, L'Express. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe a restaurant we talk about too much. But I just think to me, there's something about the soul of Montreal being in that restaurant and i always think to myself man if that place closes i'm moving to greenland you know because (laughs) we forget about the importance especially in our city that restaurants take up you know there and that's even something i was talking about with the chefs yesterday i said do you realize or, or does the government realize or does everybody realize the importance that our identity is a, a food city, a joie de vivre city that everybody talks about. And the chefs really are feeling these days like the government kind of chose them to close to kind of punish the population for going out too much and having too much fun. And we have to, you know, of course, we've all been locked in. I was listening to some kids screaming on my on my street the other day, and I thought, all oh, those poor kids, they've been locked in for so long. <laughs> they finally let them out. But, um, you know, and bars and restaurants are very different things. So, you know, in Paris, they closed the bars the other day. They did not close the restaurants yet. And, the, the of course, the restaurateurs and the chefs are extremely frustrated because they're saying we we are doing so much to keep the experience safe. And one of them, uh, Graziella Batista of the great restaurant Graziella doing takeout, by the way, she said, I went to Ikea the other day and I didn't feel there was any safety there. And my restaurant, in comparison, feels extremely safe. Uh, so a lot of them have gone into full grocery store mode. If you look at places like Olive and Gourmando, Diane Solomon has turned her three restaurants, Foxy and Airport de Pew and, and uh, Olive, into kind of a grocery store now. And they're doing mm-hmm. aggressively doing takeout. And I said, is this what you're doing? And she kind of shrugged like, do I have a choice? Yeah, what you else do you want us to do? Yeah. Yeah, and there's one for people, you know, and, and all of us saying, oh, you know, buy takeout. And I'm like, oh, my God, the takeout's $200. I can't afford $200 these days. There, which is abs- which is something maybe in the first wave a lot of us felt we could do. Like, oh, I'll get takeout, support the restaurants. And yeah. now by the second yeah. wave, we're like, I'm hurting too, you know. But if anybody does want to support the restaurants on takeout, there is a really interesting thing that um, – the restaurant Montreal Plaza, if you go to the Montreal Plaza's Instagram page, they did a thing called 2828, where they listed a whole bunch of restaurants doing takeout, uh, kind of friends of theirs or whatever, and there are a lot that are not listed there. But if you're looking for places that are doing takeout, 
uh, and they really have jumped into takeout this time. The first wave around, a lot of people didn't want to do takeout because of actually the big fear that, you know, you could get COVID through the packaging, which is yeah. proven wrong. Yeah. So now a lot of them really are jumping on that as survival mode. And if you look at the Mariel Plaza Instagram page, there's a very long list. And it, he they update it every day of other people doing takeout. So you can see if your favorite restaurant or a restaurant you want to try is doing takeout, and maybe one day a week, I'm thinking that tonight I'm going to get takeout because everybody's of my food around here so i know <laughs> I that you imagine, to Terry, yeah. I, have to, I, I absolutely agree but yes that's what i was told and um so th- there are a lot of there are options for these restaurants but i kind of feel sometimes that it's all kind of slipping away and it's so, long you know october 28th are things going to be different yeah when they, where they're allowed to reopen will they be allowed to reopen there are two new cases at my son's school last night so are things creeping closer and closer to us you know so that's that i mean that's the message right that's what we can do that's all we can do is uh, do our best to uh to uh support them takeout wise yeah, and also we can't forget that there it's one of the chefs brought up Norma Laprise yesterday was saying yeah. you have to realize also it's the people who supply us with ingredients, it's yeah. the people who sell yeah. us wine. Yeah. It's the whole food chain that supplies the restaurants. There's an incredible amount of backup. And uh yeah, it's it's grim and every week we talk about this grim stuff, but if you feel that you feel it's grim and you can do anything to help, actually getting takeout is something you can do to definitely help. All right, uh, that's a great message. By the way, to the the kids, uh, the people at your house know that they're living with a uh, celebrated cookbook author now? (laughs) Yes, they do, because I remind them of it all the time. I said, could you please go get the celebrated cookbook author a coffee? Could you go get the celebrated? Could you mow the lawn for the celebrated cookbook author? Could you do this? And actually, it's funny because uh, my 16-year-old, so so just people don't know, I do have a new cookbook out called Shadelessly in French, by the way, because a lot of people are asking me. And uh, my 16-year-old came up to me the other day, looked at me very seriously, said, but is it selling? I said, it's not even on sale yet. <laughs> the pressure, my God. It's the like, bugger. You know, I'm living with Kanye West. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. Right. Can you imagine? Well, is it selling? It's selling, yeah, honestly. Amazing. Cheeky. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Leslie, thank you. Uh, we'll all get takeout this week and talk next week. All right. Okay, see with you better later. better news, I hope. <laughs> yeah, hope Bye. so. Okay, bye-bye. That article I'm uh, referring to, by the way, was in Esquire magazine, and it's on my Facebook page.